0: Hey, morning, Metropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not
1: drinking any fucking
2: Merlot! That's all, what can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we be After you, Junior.
0: Man, I love her intro. I love her intro so much. I, I get very hyped every time I watch it. Hello everybody, welcome back to Multiplex Logged. In. Uh, we got a fun show for you today. We got film duos. Does that mean actor duos, Does that mean actor director duos, actress duos, character duos. It means whatever you want it to mean. I think this is going to be a fun episode, and we got a great panel for it. Uh, Tim McCullough not able to be here tonight. He had an emergency involving the moon and uh, some peanut butter and a raccoon named Billy. Uh, But we've got a great panel.
3: Sounds like a weekend. (laughs) Who who has it, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) We've got a great uh, panel for you tonight. Producer extraordinaire, Mr. Caleb Coho. Coho. How are you feeling about film
1: duos? I am um, excited. I don't often get to be on Logbit, so every time I get to be here, it's like it's a vacation for me. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I definitely broke your topic uh, by accident uh, when I asked you a certain question, so I can't wait for the rest of the panelists to be like, oh, this fuckhead.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Brian, okay. uh, the man who will probably be saying, oh, this fuckhead, Mr. Brian Michael. <laughs> Brian. Uh, I it's been a little bit since you've been unlocked. Harry It you-
3: has. I have had you know, Tim's messaged me a couple times panel i So this time I was like, Hey, I'm available and then apparently something opened up so although I will be on everyone. That's fair, You're cutting
0: out a little bit, but that's yeah. All I'm right. like,
4: does that sound like just for everybody or just me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. all uh,
0: right. And uh I believe first time on Loggedit, uh Mr. Chance Ellison Chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happy to have you on the show. Are you excited? I mean,
4: it's, it's the show where I'm gonna like say what I like, and then someone's gonna give me shit because I'm not mentioning Lilo and Stitch.
0: No, no, that's, like, that's, okay, that's cool. me on YLS. All right, here cool. You get, yeah. nice you, you okay, get cool. Jekyll not high here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but no, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I got a lot of, I think it's a fun topic, got a lot of fun
0: things I want to talk about.
4: So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, happy to have you. And uh, returning again, I think he might hold the record besides me in time of just most times Unlogged It, and he hasn't even, he didn't start being Unlogged It like that long ago, Mr. Payson Johnson.
2: No, yeah, I'm just like the general placeholder now. Like, if, 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 if you need a seat to fill, I'm always here. I don't quite know why Tim specifically keeps letting me back on, but I'm excited to talk about
0: today's topic. I Did you notice that Tim didn't show up? He didn't want to be in the same call with you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, this should be a fun Jesus. topic. So we will start off uh, the way we usually do with our little appetizers of oh, talking about what we watched this week. What was your favorite movie you logged this week? Uh, Payson, we'll start with you. Favorite thing you watched this week?
2: Yeah, um, I, usually don't, I, I usually like to talk about uh, first-time watches, but I'm going to talk about one of my favorite biopics of all time, uh, my favorite film by this director, and that is Ed Wood. Uh, my gosh, do I love this movie. This has got to be one of the best, not just movies about movies, but movies about just, like following your dreams and just resilience. Um, If anyone doesn't know, it's about Ed Wood, who may or may not be one of the worst people to ever pick up a camera in Hollywood, (laughs) at least. Uh, Guy just made horrible, horrible films. But the whole point about the movie is he always just, he loves making them so much, and he loves just the art and the craftsmanship of film, and that's part of the reason why I love it. I think Johnny Depp is incredible, as the character of ed wood um i'm not quite sure i would have given martin landau the oscar that year but he's still excellent no one swears quite like him in that movie like that guy just is such a funny swearer um and then just george the animal steel patricia arquette uh, bill murray um that guy we don't like to talk about anymore they're all great great as well and yeah i just really love this movie
0: yeah, I love Ed Wood. It's my favorite Tim Burton movie and also my favorite performance from Johnny Depp. I just, I, to me, like, you know, uh, a movie that got a lot of comparisons when it came out, uh, The Disaster Artist. And I think, like, the big difference is that Ed Wood is, like, a legitimately charming guy. Like, he's he's clearly inept, but he's genuinely likable. He, like, he's a very nice friendly guy who is just terrible at his job. Like that's yeah. that's the truth <laughs> of it. Uh but it's the way Depp plays that he captures the enthusiasm and kind of boyish charm of Ed Wood to a T. And I re- I I really love this performance. I love this movie. I want this to be the type of movie Tim Burton does. Right? Like I I like some of his Fantasy work, but I think, like, I I also really like Big Eyes. I thought Big Eyes was really it's great. It's a good movie. movie. Yeah, like I think I like him doing these biopics that just have that little bit of flair of magic. I think that
1: is kind of the realm I like to see him in. Go thoughts on Ed Wood? Um, I love Ed Wood. I think this might be Tim Burton's best movie. Um, I think that Martin Landau is great in it. Um, I. Also, wouldn't have given him the Oscar in a year where Samuel Jackson is in the movie Pulp Fiction, uh, but he is fantastic. Uh, I think this is the second best performance Johnny Depp has given in his entire career. Uh, but he is—he's—he's he's, he's, <laughs> very—he's very good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think that this whole cast is very well done. The story is very—is—it's fun to watch, and it's also one of those stories that you walk that you can walk away from and, and feel good about, even. Though it's not necessarily about someone who's like good at what they do, uh, which is a unique thing to find in those kind of movies. So, yeah, it's a good movie. Enjoy it. Good
3: choice,
0: Ryan. I'm scared to hear your opinion on this.
3: <laughs> well, I will also give a vote to it uh, as Johnny Depp's second best performance, uh, second best character he's played. Um, no, I actually really enjoy this movie. I, I, you know, as much as I do like some of Tim Burton's like more fantastical movies. I like when he does stuff like this where, and Johnny Depp as well, where it's essentially a real, it's a, you know, real kind of movie. It's not real fantastical, but it's like a heightened version of it. Like Johnny Depp plays like, it's not a normal character. He's clearly playing a character, but it totally works for who this guy is. And he does a great job at that. And Johnny Depp, I think because he does these weird characters, I think is underrated as an actor. And this just shows he's really good.
4: And Chance. Yeah, I can't say that was my favorite. Tim, it's not my favorite Tim movie. But I mean, that goes to Edward Hands, which I also like adore. Uh, but this—that was definitely like top. I haven't done a full Tim Burton ranking. Mean, that was definitely like top, like three to five. I think Edward's Wood's excellent, excellent, excellent film. And yeah, you can clearly see that it was maybe one of his most um, heart-driven movies because you know, like the stuff with him with uh, Edward Melligan like, goes a very much simulates his real-life relationship with Vincent Price, which was like something that was very special to him, something he wanted to portray on screen somehow. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think Edward is a fantastic film and definitely one that definitely one that stands out among his filmography.
0: Absolutely. Okay, we'll just keep the party going, and now we'll go to uh, Chance. What's your favorite movie you log this week?
4: I've I've been slacking on logging because like I've watched a lot of I I haven't logged any because I've been I've been bouncing around between a lot of different places in the last two weeks. Uh, but the my, everything I've watched in the last week. Uh, it probably has to go. Ba- I, I don't know why I had the weird urge to watch these films, but I had to urge to watch Pat- the Paddington films again, and Paddington Two is still fucking excellent. Like it's a movie that yeah, no, I'm doing a lot to win over Lucas and Zach and everyone who loves this film because a lot of people. But yeah, no, this it's a movie that I've seen it like I want to say like four or five times, and I am always just eff- it's it's effortlessly charming. I'm always laughing. I think it's uh, fantastic. Got a lot of TLC put into it. Got great productions onto it. Hugh Grant gives a fantastic performance. I honestly, if it was me, I would have nominated Best Morning Actor. I think he's that good. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just it's just a sweet charming movie that I can I honestly really can't say any find anything I don't like about it, which is a testament to that film. And I think I think I wanted to watch it because the whole Wonka picture came out. So I wanted to remind myself of yum. this is this is what you could you you, you could do, Paul King. So don't let me down.
0: That's fair. Uh, I, I've been watching this little tiny tangent, but I've been watching Ted Lasso recently. Uh, oh and I, I actually kind of made the connection in my brain. Ted Lasso is just kind of like an adult Paddington. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like Ted La- it's kind of, like, it's very similar in that you've just got this upbeat, positive character around these kind of negative people. And just by force of sheer positivity and being nice, he changes everything around. And I really like that. Uh, and I, I, I really like Paddington, too. Uh, it's been a minute since I rewatched it. I remember liking Hugh Grant, but the performance I was really impressed with was Brendan Gleeson. Gleason, I, really, I thought I think there was like nothing funnier in this movie than Brendan Gleeson being terrified <laughs> by Paddington's <laughs> stare. That is like just height of hilarity for me. Uh, so yeah, really enjoyed Paddington too. Uh, Out pacing thoughts on Paddington.
2: Too? I love this movie. Um, as everyone knows, like one of the highest-rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes, and honestly, it really does earn it. Like I don't see how anyone can really not like it. Uh, one of my personal favorite things about it is how each member of the main family has their struggle at the beginning that they have to like personal insecurity that they have to get over. And they slowly get over it, like how Sally Hawkins wanted to become a diver, but she couldn't really fulfill that. How um, – uh, who who plays the dad in it? Is it? Hugh Bonneville? Yeah, yeah, Hugh Bonneville, how he wanted to become like a – how he was great at the carnivals with like the ring toss. I love that. Um, something I've always said was fun with this movie is a perfect double feature is this and No Country for Old Men. You start with No Country for Old Men first because there's no movie that's just <laughs> – Fills you with just negative thoughts and just like just shows you that there's no hope left in this world. I and mean, Sinla's you... list is right there. You could compare with that. <laughs> ah! And Paddington Two shows you that um, that there is hope and there is positivity in this world. So yeah, I I, I love this movie.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah, uh, co. Oh, I love Paddington Two. Uh, this is a delightful little film. Uh, I will once again reopen the campaign. Now that we are in need of a new 14th doctor, Ben Wishaw should be the doctor. I think he would be an incredible choice. Uh, but I will also back up Hugh Grant is great in this uh, movie. Uh, he's very, very funny. Uh, and also just all the different sort of like caricatures he has to slip into and he makes all of them work is a really big feat, and so for him to pull that off is great. Um, I think this is the better version of the Grand Budapest Hotel um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure. Uh, In a lot of ways, it has a similar aesthetic, and I think it works that
0: aesthetic better.
1: They're both good, but I I think Paddington 2 does better. Um, But yeah, I think it's a fantastic film. Very underlooked from 2018.
0: Whatever they're putting on you down at the morgue, I want it. Uh, Brian?
3: I have never seen either Paddington movie. You know, I I didn't rush out to see them. And then after a while, I just kind of never got around to it. And then at one point, you know, I was hearing everybody how much they all loved it. I was like, you know what, I'm going to finally watch these movies. But I was on, I don't remember what show I was on, on Multiplex. And it came up that I said, hey, I think I'm going to finally watch these movies. And Boatman told me, I don't think it's a Brian movie. So I still haven't seen them.
0: (laughs) I'll be honest, I don't think it's a Brian movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it is a Brian movie. could be wrong, but I don't think so. he, 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 he could be the one. It, it, can, it's just nothing I rushed out to one. see and it's never got around to it since then. So.
2: I mean, Kirk sometimes Brian surprises me with what he likes and doesn't like. So. And, I, and I mean, Kirk isn't crazy about it, so maybe Brian'll like I'm it. i
3: will love it. I will
2: love yeah, it. Exactly yeah. it. Exactly.
4: That's yeah. could exactly yeah. yeah. the that I mean, it's Kirk is Kirk crazy about anything. That's brutal. That's <laughs> fair. Adamson, <so> Brian-
0: Napoleon <laughs> dynamite. Who loves that? Anyway. Okay, love I, see, uh, I see I see I see I don't. There. <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> and of course, Brian got straight at the mention of the uh But uh, now we will go to Brian. Brian, what was your favorite movie a like
3: this week? I've been watching a lot of mediocrity this week, um, just because I'm in kind of uh, <laughs> in a studying for a match mode.
0: No, um,
3: so a lot of you know two three star things. Not a lot of stuff I love. But uh, you know I'm going to keep mine. You know it's October. Let's go for Halloween stuff. I really enjoy. This is a rewatch for me though. I really enjoy and think it is so underrated the uh, 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I probably won't have a lot of people here with me, although I most people have seen it at least respect it. Because I mean, it's a lot of people really love the original, and so they kind of just don't like the remake just because they love the, the first one so much. I honestly enjoy this one so much better. But I mean, even if you like the first one, this one I think it's got a great aesthetic to it. I think it looks beautiful. I mean, the cinematography in this is really well done. They create this whole Uh, environment to it that really works i like that they said it in the 70s because that gives the whole feel to it plus you don't have to deal with you know all the kids having cell phones and things like this that would you know kind of take away from them the horror of it all um i think it's it's scary i think that the i mean the acting is decent for for a horror film you know it's got uh uh it's got jessica beale in it it's got uh, um jonathan tucker um arlie ermey plays a great does a great job as the sheriff in this i think he's like a great kind of secondary villain in this movie. Um, but this is one that I think uh, a lot of people just just lump in with every other horror remake. But this one is actually really quite good.
0: That's fair. I haven't seen this one, uh, but I'm not big on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't
3: like it at all, but I know it has its fans. So
0: so maybe I should give that this one a chance. I don't know. Co, uh, have you seen this one? I feel like you probably haven't.
3: I have not, Uh, considering
1: I just watched a bunch of the classic, you know, slashers. uh, I'm a little slashered out, despite being in Halloween mode and watching a bunch of, like, you know, spooky movies. uh, Probably won't watch this one this year, just because I kind of burned myself out on a certain uh, fandom category recently. So I don't know if I will be watching this one soon, but uh, I
0: might might like it. That's fair, pacing. You seen this one?
2: Uh, I'm kind of blind on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like franchise in general. Is something that I need to check out. Is this the one with McConaughey? No,
0: no, that's, no. Full. that's
2: the next, that's generation.
3: next generation. That's the next generation. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, uh, I I haven't seen it, but I'm down to check it out. If if Brian enjoys it, you never know. It could be great, it could be shit. But yeah.
3: Attention. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- Ch- you like horror movies? I like. I've, I've, seen, it. I've, I've seen it. I've seen. It. I've, I've seen, seen everything.
4: Chainsaw movie. Um, this one i seen. I've seen this one once. I remember something being just dull, like a lot of slash from the mid two thousands. I just found it dull. From what I remember, I've only seen it the one time though. I don't think it's the worst chain chainsaw It's, Like somewhere in like the middle, some in, like the five to the five to five to six range, maybe four. I don't know. That's it, the franchise itself isn't very good. It's con- and when you actually look at like what the movies are, it's really confusing as to the order of these films. But uh, yeah, there's definitely worse Texas Chainsaw movies. I can say that.
0: That's fair. Okay. Uh, well, Coho, what was your favorite movie
1: you liked this week? Um, I like I just said I'm kind of in a spooky, uh, just like pseudo horror mood. Um, this week I also just been in a classic binge. Uh, and one of the ones I finally got around to watching was Psycho. Um, and Psycho oh, is a masterpiece. Uh, I, I was really surprised by how much I liked Psycho. Uh, Big Vince I- Vaughn guy over here. Oh yeah, 100%. uh, yep. Vince Vaughn is is, is the Vico masterpiece of our times. Uh, yep, no. Uh, but I realized how little I actually knew about this movie when I got about a third to halfway through the movie, and everything that I knew about this movie had suddenly just gone. Like I was realized, I don't know what's about to happen next. Uh, and I thought that was, and that made for one of the most entertaining experiences I've had in a while. Um, I think Anthony Perkins is delivering a phenomenal performance in this movie. I think he's incredible, uh, and I think that this might be Hitchcock's best work as a director. Not having seen all of his work yet, uh, but of what I've seen, I think this is the best of what I've seen so far. I think it's a fantastic job, uh, and it's it's my one of my favorite new watches of the year, not just of the week. So. That's fair.
0: Uh I love Psycho. Psycho's in my top one hundred. Uh the this I I yeah, what you're talking about with the, the shift. I kind of knew that going in. I wish I could have seen this with like completely blind eyes and just not knowing anything about it. Um because but yeah, this this movie's awesome. The the narrative shift it takes. I love that like Marion Crane is kind of this <laughs> Yeah, because you wanted to. Uh, but Marion Crane isn't like this, like kind of generic good person protagonist. Like you're following her basically money laundering, and like the first twenty minutes of the movie, I, I really like the cast. Martin Balsam, I think it's really good in this. I think Martin Balsam is just one of the most underrated character actors
2: of that era. Um, but yeah, Psycho, brilliant. Payson. Uh, no, this movie is absolutely incredible. It used to be my favorite Hitchcock movie. I think Rear Window has kind of surpassed that personally, but I still absolutely love this. Um, Anthony Perkins is so creepy as this character. I I, I think it's really well paced. Um, not to give anything away, I think you kind of get two movies for the price of one. I think both of them like really like complement each other. Um, really cool fun fact: uh, I live about forty-five minutes away from the hotel that the opening scene uh, takes place in, and I've been there, and it's pretty cool. And
0: yeah, I, I love this movie. That's cool. Uh, Chance? Yeah, this,
4: this, is a, this is my favorite horror movie of all time. This is, like, top ten all time for me. I, I adore this film, night. I... I remember I watched this... Uh, my, my hometown had a whole class film festival, in like, one of those big old-timey theaters, so I got to see it for the first time, like, on this massive screen. I knew nothing about it. I was, like... I think I would have been, like, 12 years old at the time. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I was just I was just amazed by that, by how much I adored this film. And yeah, I think I said it before on on uh yours sucks. Uh Anthony Perkins, I think wholeheartedly I think his genre films got the respect they do now and they did in the sixties, uh Anthony Perkins would have been nominated for Best Actor because he is excellent in that film. I think it maybe it's like top three to five Hitchcock performances he's ever gotten to have an actor. Uh, yeah, there's literally nothing I can nothing more I can say about the film. It's I think it's a masterpiece and it's, it's always been my favorite Hitchcock film.
3: That's fair. And Brian? Um, you know, Hitchcock is really my thing. I mean, there's a few of his that I really like, um, but Psycho is one of those that, while I don't consider it like, a favorite of mine, it's nothing I would really go back and revisit unless it was for trivia or something. Um, it's a movie that I do respect more than I enjoy, because I can see why people who, who like Hitchcock and that who really like this, and technically it's it's extremely well done, Um, But for me, it's just kind of like... That's fair. Uh, So yeah, uh,
0: now we will go to me for my favorite movie this week. Uh, I'm going with... uh, I. I, Much like Co. I've been trying to get to some more spooky-ish horror movies that I haven't quite seen yet. And one film that had just been on my list for a long time, just purely because of the fact that it's the only film that has Sidney Lumet and the genre tag of horror under it. Uh, I'm going with the 1972 film Child's Play, uh, which was really, really interesting. Uh, It takes place at this uh, boarding school. Uh, Beau Bridges is this new teacher, and he kind of finds himself wrapped up in this feud between James Mason, two teachers played by James Mason and Robert Preston. At the same time, there are these kind of pranks going on within the students that are getting increasingly more and more violent. And it's just kind of Beau Bridges trying to figure out what is going on. Uh, And the film is excellent. And it is on the back of the performances by James Mason and Robert Preston, who are both excellent in very different ways. They're like differing acting styles. Are perfect for their characters, and it shows really the contrast between these two people, and it, it it's excellent because uh, Mason, you know, was kind of more classy British actor, whereas Preston, you've got all the Broadway showmanship, and I think that that contrast works really well. And it's Sidney Lumet, and he was just one of the masters of filmmaking. I'm gonna guess no one here has seen this, but maybe. Uh, that
4: is fair. This, this, this is like one of the few Lumet films I haven't seen yet. So. Yeah,
3: I've heard that's of it. Cool. I have not seen it. Yeah. Although it scares me that Kirk has it at three stars, which is like five stars for anybody else, which means that I probably won't. Like it.
1: That's fair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like maybe not like this one, but I don't know for a fact.
3: Um, I, lo- I love Lumet, so I should probably. I'll put it on the track. watch list. It's free on Prime, so why not?
0: Yeah, it, that's the thing. This is on Prime and Paramount Plus, so uh, you don't have an excuse not to watch it if you have one of those. Uh, so now we're gonna do the less fun side of the coin. Your least favorite movie along this week. Uh, Chance, we'll start with you. I'm trying to or check watch. what is what is the
4: least favorite. <laughs> well, come back to me.
3: Wait, right, that's fine. Okay. Uh Brian, we'll start with you. Uh yeah, this is this was an easy choice for me. Uh, last night, for the first time since like 2007 or whatever, I rewatched Paranormal Activity. Um, that movie is such a pile of. Dog shit. Um, I you know. I get that these people, I get that these people, you know, wanted to do this low budget. You know, we're going to do it just, you know, like a found footage kind of thing. We can just make this movie. That's great if people want to just make this as fun, some fun little project. But for people to actually go pay to see this in the theater, much less for them to make five more after this with a sixth one coming, and it actually made money. And I don't understand why. Because I mean, basically, this whole movie is just. Two people hanging out in a house for, whatever, 85 minutes. And occasionally, ooh, a door slams or some crew member knocks on the wall. And it's just like, this is not scary. There's not a single scary moment in this entire movie. So unless, as as Cody commented on my review, he's a little bitch, so he slept with the lights on for three days after he saw it. Good for him. I'm glad he was scared by it. But for me, it was just so completely boring. And for what is supposedly this great horror movie of the 2000s, it is not scary in the slightest bit and just bored me to death
0: i feel like i won't like paranormal activity so i've not seen a single one (laughs) yeah
3: don't bother uh
0: coho have you seen paranormal activity i feel like you have
1: no i have not seen any of them actually um these are ones that you would assume that i have probably seen like the fifth one on a date at some point but no i i haven't seen any of these and i don't really plan to (laughs) I don't go on dates, so that would probably... help
0: <laughs> her. <laughs> 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 I, I saw the
1: I saw the first Paddington on a date, so just to, to get back that. into the things from before. I only Ew. saw
0: Cars 3 on a date, but we know how that went. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Cars 3 jokes, always so well to go back to. Hey, uh,
2: Yeah, these are... I've, I've only seen the first one. It's not really my horror movie. Um, I don't hate it as much as Brian does but i i just think there are a lot better things out there i've never understood the concept that this is the scariest movie ever made which that that rhetoric has died down since the time but i want if you go back to like through like the early 2010s people thought this was like one of the scariest movies ever made and it's really not um it
3: probably i wasn't was in the thinking, scariest movie that came out that week
2: not really yeah <laughs> probably not um I, I wasn't expecting to laugh as much as Brian just saying this is a piece of dog shit as it did, but that was very funny. So so thank you, Brian. But yeah, I, I'm not not the biggest fan of these.
0: Chance, uh, how do you feel about this movie? As I researched what <laughs> came out in 2007,
1: I was doing the same thing. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, it came out. Like, I
4: I I gotta say, when I was like a kid, like these were like the hot thing. So, like, like, I was I was a kid and a teenager when these movies were coming out, so, like, I, I felt like I had to sing, because, like, also all my friends were talking about. So I was I was a little like the game on the first film activity, but yeah, I'm just, like, huh, this is, yeah, this isn't great. And it's not even, like, a Blair Witch thing, where it's, like, I don't find it super scary, but I at least respect the craft and respect what I did for the genre. This is just, like, yeah, okay. Sure, like, people hanging out every, every now and then, the powder flies away, or your door slams or some shit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't, I cannot look you in the eye and say like, I am a fan of
0: this film because you know, no, I'm done. I'm just not. That is fair. Uh, so Coho, what was your least favorite movie you liked this week?
1: Uh, so I have a far and away way worse, but I really don't want to talk about Teton. So we're going to talk about a different movie that I also didn't love. Uh, I think this movie is okay. I didn't hate it. I actually kind of liked it and it might be my second favorite from this franchise, I watched Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, And Muppets Haunted Mansion is delightful in parts and eye-rollingly bad in parts uh, because it's the Muppets. Um, So the puppets suck. Uh, I don't like the Muppets in, like, anything. Um, So to see them take on one of my favorite rides uh, at Disneyland and do the lore of it pretty well and, like, with a really honest – like love for those thing they're adapting. I was pretty excited about it actually. In parts, they are any time that they are doing a reference to something in the Haunted Mansion or like diving into the actual Haunted Mansion itself with a celebrity cameo here or there. I think it's a decent like fun time. Um, and then we get a Muppets joke that just doesn't work, um, and that stalls it. So it's a solid three star movie, um, and it's. Probably my least favorite thing that is not named Teton that I watched this week. But it's inoffensive.
0: Uh, I I actually had a really good time with this because I do like the Muppets. The one problem I have with it is I still can't stand the new Kermit voice. The new Kermit voice just sounds wrong. It does not sound like Kermit the Frog. I... I cannot stand the new Kermit voice, and honestly, I'm glad Kermit wasn't in this a ton, because uh, that new Kermit voice, just, every time I hear it, it's just uncanny valley. But overall, yeah, I, I like Muppets,
2: so I had a fun time.
0: Jason, you see this one?
2: Uh, I have not. Um, I just realized I don't think I've heard the new Kermit voice yet. I think I must have been sleeping under a rock for the last six years, so maybe i, only- I It didn't
0: start, like, happening until after the Muppets TV show came out, like, a few years yeah. ago. So it's yeah. only, like, been, like, the last two years. Yeah. Thing, in right. which
4: they haven't really done anything.
0: Yeah, they big. haven't, like... It's just been that talk show and then this. Yeah. Uh, uh, chance?
4: Uh, I haven't seen Muppets behind Mansion yet. I haven't got a chance to stand and watch I do want to check it out, just because I'm a big Muppets, big Muppets fan. Uh, but yeah, this is not one I've seen as of yet. But I, I do agree with the Boatman. The new current voice is just it throws me off it's every
0: terrible. time I hear it. Brian, you don't seem like a Muppets
3: guy. Muppets are very hit and miss for me. I mean, from the very beginning, it seems like for every good movie, there's a mediocre one and a bad one. So it's like there's kind of all over the board. Um, this one, I didn't know what to expect from it. Um, my kids are getting to the point where they're too old to really want to watch the Muppets at this point. So I got to find an excuse to go watch it by myself. Um yesterday Nazario was telling me it was good but then again that's like having zach tell you the muppets are good so it doesn't it doesn't tell me anything uh, so i mean it's <laughs> one i might check out eventually um but uh hearing that it's just kind of mediocre is kind of confirming my thought uh, my suspicions
2: uh guys i have uh I, I i have news that i just discovered uh three days before paranormal activity the uh the cartoon network made for tv film scooby-doo the mystery begins was released, which uh, has some spooky stuff there, so no, Paranormal Activity
0: was not. It had not- to
3: have been scarier than Paranormal Activity. Understand? I mean, it came out the same week as Surrogates, so it's Bruce Willis yeah. acting <laughs> post-1990,
1: so it's, it's
0: scary. I mean, the <laughs> real terrifying movie that came out that weekend is The Fame. Don't
1: get started, right? Out. Oh, The Fame remake is bad. Oh, the Jesus. The fame, <laughs> fame remake, That's yeah. the
0: most terrifying movie that came out that weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, so, uh, everyone talked about Muppets on the Mansion, right? Yeah. All right, uh, so go to me. My least favorite movie I watched this week. Uh, I'm going to go with a film that was just not meant for me. And there's really two movies I watched that were just not meant for me. But I'm going to talk about one because there's at least something good about it that I can really highlight. I should have never watched Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie. I, I watched it. Paul Giamatti was in it. I liked Paul Giamatti, and I wanted to watch a Paul Giamatti movie. Yeah, I I, I knew nothing about Howard Stern. Like, I've seen interviews. Wait, nothing? Like, no, like, I knew that was a little after my time. So I I vaguely, I knew the idea of Howard Stern as, like, a radio person. And that's base, and that, like, kind of he was a shock jock, but... That when I watched, it, I was like, Oh, this guy's just kind of an asshole. Oh, um, he then the, I will say, as Paul Giamatti's character gets show shows up, he gets better because he actually has a point, uh, to exist. Uh, Paul Giamatti is the one thing that saves this movie because Paul Giamatti is really good, uh, I, as like this NBC producer, but overall, like this it's just not for me i probably never should have watched this uh but i like paul Giamatti and allison Janney's in it and i love allison Janney. so like those two people in a movie together come on don't don't blame me
2: payson have you seen private parts uh i have not but i have a question to ask you hot take in the in the chair who is the howard stern of our community
0: Oh, I'm not answering that question.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> Can't
4: I actually quite like this movie. I think it's like a very fascinating take on the whole bio biopic genre. It's one we don't see quite. We don't really see like a, a, a person playing their own biopic. And, you know, because and Howard Stern was also just like a very instrumental figure in radio. So it's like, yeah, this will, this will be something if we had to do this way. I think, uh, again, Paul Giamatti is fantastic. I like him a lot. I like I think this movie. I've only seen it once, and it's been years. But I remember liking it quite a bit.
0: That's fair. Brian, you're the only person I follow, uh, I think, that has actually like said they have watched this movie on Letterbox. So how how do you feel about this? Do oh, that's Mason well? and Kirk have also. Oh wait, marked have- just watched. Oh nope, you don't have this. Mark as watched. For I, somebody- say, I,
3: I don't think I've ever seen it. The- I've seen clips of it here and there, but I've never seen the whole movie. I- Howard Stern's just not. I'm not a fan, so.
1: That's
0: fair. Uh, I, Coho, I
1: know you haven't watched this, so we'll just move on. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he judges America's Got Talent, right? He does. He needs to. At one point, I th- okay. Oh, he, oh, he better, better, does. better, better performance. Howard Stern playing himself or Howard Stern pretending to like anyone on America's Got Talent. Howard Stern playing himself.
0: Simon okay. Powell pretending to like anyone on America's Got
4: Talent.
1: There you go.
0: All right, uh, so now we'll go to Payson. Payson, your least favorite movie Let's not.
2: Oh, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, Let's talk about, we were talking about post 90s Bruce Willis. Let's go back earlier into pre 90s Bruce Willis. Now, Bruce Willis made some good good movies back then. He made Last Boy Scout really like that. Made The Fifth Element really like that. You know what's a shit movie? Hudson Hawk. Uh, I will not explain why I'm watching Hudson Hawk. I, all I will say is I get it. I, I, I get why if some people may have seen this at a certain age, they may have found this fun. Oh my gosh, this was not for me. This movie is stupid. Uh, the tonal shifts of this movie are just very strange. Uh, I think it's like 20 minutes too long. Uh, yeah, just just not a fan. I didn't really find any of it that funny. Uh, and as I was watching it, I kind of I I kind of hated someone while I was watching it, but I also was like, okay, this is fair, because I also made this person do some other things that they did not like, so I I accepted it. But yeah, Hudson Hawk, terrible. Uh, Michael Lehman, uh, Heathers was good. This was not good. I
0: am vaguely familiar as Hudson Hawk as this movie that like I know was hated when it came out, and then it got this rabid like fan base of Defenders, and then it got the rabid backlash from the fan base of Defenders, and now people just think it's something. I don't even know. Uh, Brian, are, has anyone chance have you seen Hudson Hawk?
1: I have not seen Hudson Hawk.
0: Okay, and I know for a fact co has.
1: This is a Wikipedia that I may or may not have read in the summer of 2020 for uh, some undisclosed reason, if you do the math.
0: Brian Michael go ahead make your defense
3: uh, so okay so Bruce Wells was a TV actor then he did die hard and started becoming this movie star you know kind of rising star then he kind of hit his peak right around like Hudson Hawk here where he like was able to do his vanity project where it's like this is some story he's had in his head for apparently for like 15 years that he wanted to do and now he had the power to basically make it happen and then of course after that his career fell and he started just doing straight to video shit but so, I mean, I respect the guy who was wanting to do this story. He's always wanted to do that. He has the power and the money to make it happen. I didn't hate it. I mean, I think it's fun. Now, now I will admit that since I've rewatched it in the years since then, I don't enjoy it as much as I did when it first came out. It absolutely has a weird tone to it. I mean, it's like an action movie, but they break into song in parts. And it's, it's almost like a live action Looney Tunes half the time because we're using sound effects. And you got Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhard acting completely over the top, yeah, like weird movie.
0: Weirdly, I'll be honest, yeah. Brian, you're kind
2: of selling me on this movie a little bit. I'm trying to.
3: What are you saying, Payson?
2: I, I, like, like weirdly stacked cast. Like Danny Aiello is in this. Richard E. Grant's in
1: this. Just
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, James Coburn's in it. Andy McDowell's in it. It's got. I mean, David Caruso's in it in a silent role. Um, uh, so, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a movie that I, I think is fun, but I under, I completely understand if some people hate it, because it's definitely like an acquired taste kind of movie. It's weird. Um, like you said, Michael Lehman directed it, who I actually like others. He's also did like Airheads and some other stuff that I've that I've liked. So, I mean, it, I, I don't, I'm not completely shocked that they didn't like it, but I'm okay with it. That's true.
0: Alright, Uh. So now, chance. Uh, do yeah. I, money do, money? I, do, I do. have mine. and okay.
4: I think. I'm, I think we're a little past the uh date. About do you have it Hansen, That's all right. But <laughs> oh. You. Uh,
3: <laughs>
4: what? <laughs> I said I'd bring up "Do You Have <laughs> Enhanced if I hadn't seen it a little past the full, you know, week thing. So if I had to say like thing I've like in the last week, thing I've liked the least is probably "Venom with Their Bicorns."
1: Like, I was one. You saved, saved yourself.
4: <laughs> I
1: was
3: here to back you up, Caleb. Brian and I were ready to pounce
4: <laughs> on you, dude. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry if you vouch movie movies a star in Emotional Terrorist. But, anyways, um, I th- Venom with the Be is like, it's. I didn't even dislike it that much. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't like the first Venom very much. I think it's like fine. I'm a little easier on it because my mom, I thought my mom, she really liked it. Um, but, yeah, this one. <laughs> It yeah it's, it's the same thing. If you like the first one, I heard a lot of so I wanted to check it out see for myself. And yeah, I walked the same first. One. I'm like, yeah, this is bad. It's fine. It's a little weird. I don't get Tom Hardy's weird fascination with this character. <laughs> like he has an unnatural love for this for this character. It's kind of weird and a little gross. But uh, yeah, he gives he, he gives us all in the seat in this movie. Michelle Williams definitely definitely needs to fire her agent. I like Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I think he's a good casting choice. They give him no character development to the very end of the movie, but he does he does give what he has. Um, and again, it was like like again like with the first one. It, it was I was watching him like okay yeah this is fun. This is this is this is this, is, this isn't great but okay. So we got to the stinger, <laughs> and that stinger just it didn't just push it into bullshit territory. It's straight up like this is Sparta. Kicked it over the line, uh, so yeah, uh, I am very curious as to where Francis is going to be going going forward. But yeah, uh, Venom of the is not great, and I just do not understand the the love that some people are giving this movie.
0: That is totally fair. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Because I didn't like the first Venom, and I've been told by multiple people, Boatman, do not watch this movie under any circumstances.
1: It's
4: sure. That's, that's a good thing I can say about it. It's short.
0: That's the thing. is People are complaining about the runtime. I'm sorry. Do you not watch 90-minute movies? I, what is wrong with you? 90-minute movies are awesome. Uh, yeah. This was
3: mercifully short. Yeah. It was mercifully, it was mercifully short.
0: Payson, you seen this one
2: yet?
3: I feel like um,
0: you have. I
2: have not, but I have a plan for when I go see it. You see, there's a Circle K that's like a walk, <laughs> a walk away. We all know where this is going. There's a Circle K that's like a walk away from uh, this movie. And uh, on the back, they have all these little mini whiskeys. And I'm trying to decide, do I get too many whiskeys for when I go you see need, this movie? You need or do a, I get you more? Need four. four. You need four. Get four for 90 minutes oh boy yeah okay i'm uh i'm it really is sad that this movie is not yet playing in australia because the one man who i think we all know this movie cannot see it and i legit feel bad for him right now (laughs) but yeah I, I, i plan on seeing this movie but my expectations are not very high
3: ryan you see this one yet I, I did and it, it was not good i mean i i didn't i wasn't a big fan of the first one and i thought this one will be it was just something to see you know it's like a mca list why and it's basically free it's not like, it me more to go see this movie so i went and saw it and it's just like it's uh it's boring the actions especially in the third act incomprehensible because it's just red blob versus black blob and you can't even yeah. tell what's going on um it gets monotonous and repetitive especially in the action sequences and the biggest problem is, I mean, the first one was like a comic movie with some comedy. This one just leaned into it. This is a pure comedy with a little bit of action to it. And it's not even funny comedy. It's just like, okay, we get it. This whole odd couple thing, ooh, let's move on. But yeah, it's, it's, if you haven't seen this, I wouldn't bother. And like, like Chance, I really hate where they're going with this.
0: If this was Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau, I would watch the heck out of it. <laughs> which,
4: which, which, which one's, which one's which one would be <laughs> which one's the goop?
0: Jack Eddie and Walter Matthau. <laughs> Walter Matthau's <laughs> the goop. Walter Matthau. Uh, <laughs> ah, no,
1: oh. this is marginally <laughs> this is marginally better than the first one. Um, this movie has no, no depth in any way, shape, or form. This movie is completely um, a, a... They basically shot the outline of a movie. They, like, wrote the outline for a script and then just filmed that because it's just this thing happens, this thing happens, this thing happens, this thing happens, done. And it's like, oh, So there's no real subplots. There's no real emotional stakes. There's no real characters. It is There's there's nothing to this movie. This movie is literally... We put Venom on a poster. We put a supervillain that people like in it, vaguely. And we're going to capitalize on the box office of the last one so that we can get this to where we want to go with it next. Um, I think Woody Harrelson is atrocious uh, in this entire movie. Um, I think his performance is... Incomprehensibly stupid. Um, there's an entire character in this movie that serves no purpose, despite their skill set being literally telegraphed and designed to be the like the MacGuffin of the third act. Um, and instead of it having any purpose, they just dispose of that character and and remove them entirely from the final fight. It's wild. Um, yeah, this movie is is not very good. Um, and Tuing and I were both very bummed that it wasn't either like Batman and Robin fun bad. It, it wasn't Batman and Robin fun bad, but it wasn't it, it also wasn't like Electra terrible. It just falls into this realm of like, it sucks to watch.
0: That's fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's everyone on Venom Derby Carnage. Yep. Okay, so uh, I believe that's everyone's least favorite movie they logged this week. So now we're going to what movie did you add to your watch list that you're excited about? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Movie I added recently. um, There's a film uh, from the eighties called the dresser. It's with uh, Albert Finney and Tom Conti. And it got uh, two uh, best lead actor nominations. And it basically just centers around this, Backstage of like a performance uh, of a Shakespearean adaptation. Sounds kind of interesting. I like Albert Friedman. you want to check it out. Lisa, what movie did you add to your watch list that you're most excited about?
2: 10 days. 10 days, people, until Dune. Denis Villeneuve, Frank Herbert. We're going to Arrakis. Let's go. 10 more days. I'm so excited.
1: Calm down. Ko, uh, what movie did you, you have? I'm going to make Boatman real happy because I've been watching a lot of classics uh, over the course of the last week. I found an actor. Well, I, I knew of this actor, but now that I'm diving more into their filmography, I love them more and more. I have added Bell Book and Candle to my watch list. Um, it is another James Stewart film, um, so if you've been watching my progress on Letterboxd, you'll see a theme. I've been watching a lot of James Stewart. Uh he is in this movie uh, that is about witches, uh, and it's vaguely spooky, and it kind of fits the aesthetic of movies I'm trying to watch this month. So that beautiful intersection of things I've been wanting to watch plus this sort of trend I'm on uh, means it's one I'll probably check out the next couple of days.
0: days. Uh, Brian, what movie did you add to your watch that's been most excited about?
3: Um, well, I did just uh, buy my ticket for the 27th, Wednesday, 27th, for Last Night in Soho, but that's not new to my watch list, so we will count that. Um, the newest one I added to my watch list, I'm excited about. Again, trying to get some horror movies that I've missed over the years. Uh, is Dog Soldiers. Uh, it's a movie from 2002. It's by Neil Marshall, who basically went on to direct dis- *The Descent*, so that's what he's best known for. Um, but it's basically a group of British soldiers like off on some training exercises, and basically it becomes them versus werewolves. Um, <laughs> there's not any really—I mean, there's recognizable faces in it. No big names you've probably heard of. There's like Liam Cunningham from *Game of Thrones*, Kevin McKidd, who's done some TV stuff. Um, so no big names in it, but it's one that I've always heard was good. It's kind of the first one that Neil Marshall put Neil Marshall on the map. And I've wanted to see unfortunately it's not on digital, so I'm still trying to track down like a DVD or something.
0: That's fair. Chance, what movie did you add to your watch list that you most excited about?
4: Uh, I'm looking I'm looking at it right now. Most movie I've added that I'm most excited about. Uh probably Death in the Mating. Because this was uh, i was looking at Cigar and this is one that I'm like I didn't I never heard about and then I read, I read the premise is about a woman who uh, she's living with her husband then her husband invites a guest uh, who she believes is someone who in her past actually assaulted her and basically it's like all oh, like the, the, the drama and turmoil that come with that I think that premise sounds great uh, Ben Kingsley plays the guest who gets invited in and I, I just remember we was an actress and I like Ben Kingsley so yeah this is definitely one I want to I want to check out at some point
0: that's true okay now we get into the meat and potatoes of the show. We're gonna talk about film duos again. This can be anything: character duos, actor duos, actor-director duos, actress duos, yada yada yada. I'll start us off. I'm going with an actor duo. Uh, I briefly mentioned them because I would watch a Venom movie starring them. I would watch anything <laughs> starring them. Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Come on, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau, or just. A delight to see work with like anytime they, they were on screen together or even i haven't seen the film but uh jack lemon directed walter in a film called the Koch, which i've heard is quite good um jack lemon just the perfect like neurotic nervous like, like awkward guy walter Matthau's just like just kind of slobbish jerk and the any time like Fortune Cookie, they work off each other perfectly. Uh The Odd Couple, they work off each other perfectly. I really like the grumpy old men movies. Those are a lot of fun. Just anytime they're on screen together. I just think they, they were a blast to see work with. Them. And they, they seem to really enjoy working with them. Even a movie that isn't great, Buddy Buddy, uh, they are they are fantastic And Uh so yeah, uh pay some thoughts on Jack Lemon and Wolf.
2: So shamefully, I think the Odd Couple is the only one of this pair that I think I've seen. But I mean, that's one of the great classic comedies of all time. Uh, personally, I think you and Cody Newberry kind of have a very like Odd Couple esque relationship <laughs> in a way. That's oh, a When
0: Cody first watched The Odd Couple, because I he watched it before I did. He was like, "Hey, watch this," and <laughs> you are you are Jack Fleming and I am <laughs> Walter. <laughs> like so, okay and yep I see I'm absolutely uh, Felix and Cody is absolutely Oscar he is
2: well yeah, the, the, the fortune cookie is one that I've been wanting to watch for a while but yeah this is this is a very very good pick
0: uh, Chance thoughts on Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau so Jack Roman was one of the first like classic acts I became, I became like a really big fan of I, I
4: remember I, I saw a screening of something like it hot same film festival <laughs> in my hometown I'm uh, like yeah like, he's great he's so funny I want watched movies with this guy and that's why I found, you know, odd couple and you know, mm-hmm. the Grand Men movies and like all these things Dale did with Math found. Yeah, no, the two of them. and you can you can just feel that chemistry between the two of them. I think that's the benefit of having actors who are likely great friends in real life. I can't speak of their personal lives, but I'm I'm fairly positive they had to be great friends in real life because they just work so well off of each other. And there's no there's no way they're gonna be two movies for that long and just like not like a like, fuck you offset. No, like this like these guys were great. They are one of the original screen duos, so or, or acting duos, or like, powerhouse acting duos. So yeah, great pick.
0: How funny would that be though? If they just hated each other, <laughs> like they had each other in real life. life. They
2: together. That would Roy be Roy. Like, Don't <laughs> Pen and Taylor, like hate each other in real life? and No, I don't, I don't. No, it's not Pen and oh. tell, It's somebody else. That'd be no, somebody
4: no, no, like <laughs> Roy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like they, 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 they get the script just like. Oh, this, this
3: motherfucker again. Jeff, it! <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thoughts on Jack Lemon and Walker Matthau? out? Yeah, you know, I've only probably seen about half of the movies they've done together. Um, I've liked what I've seen, but they're still in a big hole of, you know, ones that I haven't, haven't gotten around to yet. But, yeah, I mean, they, they obviously have great chemistry together. When you talk about, you know, comedy duos, especially, they're two of the best. And what I really like is, like, you don't see this so much anymore, where, like, you know, a couple of actors kind of pair up for movie after movie after movie that's not necessarily sequels to them. It's just... The same actors pairing up for lots of movies and i wish they would do that more often because because uh, obviously it worked well for these guys
1: yeah uh, Coho. i shamefully haven't seen i think any matthew lemon films um and they i love jack lemon um i don't have much experience with walter matthew i think i would really like odd couple i just haven't sat down and watched that yet so
0: that's fair okay uh well we'll just go this way coho your first pick for film duo
1: I'm going to keep it right in my wheelhouse of what I've been watching. Uh, Frank Capra and James Stewart have this magical relationship as director and actor uh, between You Can't Take It With You and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And of course, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which I haven't seen in years. Uh, so I can't give an updated opinion on it. But of the two that I've watched recently, James Stewart is an actor that that is especially with, in Capra's films has this just charm, this just boyish, uh, youthful exuberance about him, uh, just this idealism in both films. Uh, and he's very different in You Can't Take It With You than he is in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but he still has these qualities that Capra just kind of brings out of him, and uh, and he's like kind of perfectly designed as an actor with the skill set to tell the kind of stories that Frank Capra likes to tell. Um, just these very, uh, at least in the late 30s early like in early 40s into the early 40s just like these very hopeful and idealistic stories about humanity um, and I think that Cap- that Capra and Stewart's relationship is is just kind of a perfect director actor relationship.
0: Yeah, uh, and as someone who has seen "It's a Wonderful Life" more recently than you have, Coho, you need to watch that one. Uh, and yeah. Uh, all three of these films are great, and Stewart gives a great performance in all three of these. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, I think, is Stewart's best performance as an actor. And I think absolutely one of the best performances in the classic film, period. Like, that that final uh, moment is just
1: incredible. Chance just cut out. Uh, his, the way I'm- his voice... The yeah. thing he does with his voice in the final filibuster is something that I've never seen an actor do as well ever, anywhere. It's just an incredible performance. It is exhausting to watch.
0: He is, that, that film is incredible. Uh, and he's great. You he can't take it with you. And I don't want to even talk about how good he is in a certain scene towards the end of It's a Wonderful Life because he is
1: great in a certain scene towards the end of it. Uh- a- life. Um, There's a chance that I might get to see it in a theater this year, so I might wait till that opportunity.
3: That's fair. Uh Payson Are we really um, asking out for spoilers and it's a wonderful life? I mean you don't have to I'm going to The Statue of Limitations has passed on that one.
0: I mean, that's fair. I just
3: Eight, so 80 fucking years we still get spoiled.
2: That's I mean you're welcome to um, Payson. Yeah um in terms of classic actor director like combos I think maybe with the exception of one other, this one is 100% my favorite. Um, yeah, I think it, it's a wonderful like it's probably my favorite one with Mr. Smith in a very close second. I just think he is so so heartwarming and ever, uh, Frank Capra knew how to get the the heartwarming aspect of Jimmy Stewart out. I think Hitchcock later got the dark aspect, but I really do love just the American man, Jimmy Stewart, and just Everything he did with Frank Capra. Um I know exactly what scene you're talking about, but when from it's so wonderful. Uh, screw it, I'll say it. when he's when he's running down the street, that is the it, it will fill your heart with the biggest amount of joy I think you can make. Um and yeah, I great pick, great pick. Uh chance.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I think I agree with everything said so far. I think uh Frank Capra got his best performance out of James uh got James's best performance came out of frank movie. i think which because washington is far and away not far and away he's got a lot of work but for me at least his head performance i think he's excellent in that film and i if you're a day where you just like feel really shitty about life pop in one of their movies
3: you feel so much better that's true brian uh yeah i mean I, again this is a um one that I've I've not seen like all the movies they've done together, but the ones I've seen I've really enjoyed. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, obviously being being the main one most people are familiar with, but uh, Mister Smith Goes to Washington is probably my favorite the ones they've done together.
0: That's totally fair. Okay, Brian, we will stick with you.
3: What is your first pick for duos? Um, you know, I think for my first one I'm going to switch it up and go to characters. Um, I hate to go with obvious picks when I when you make these kind of lists. But I would not forgive myself if I ended up with the best character duo ever on screen, and that is Han Solo and Chewbacca. Not what I
0: had. I definitely had a different character. I thought thought you were someone someone
3: else. I thought you were someone else. (laughs) But it's like I mean, those two. Not only are they two of the most iconic characters from like one of the biggest (laughs) movies of all time. I missed something. I, I put a
4: villain head for a second. You put the you put the one you thought you were gonna do. Nope. Yeah. Not yeah. going
3: there. Not going there. But I mean, these are two like, iconic characters. The relationship between them, especially when one of them can't even speak English, so you know you're just kind of going by his sounds, his emotions, and what you know Han Solo how he's reacting to him and talking to him. I just think, and it's a relationship that you can actually feel the camaraderie between them, you know, and and especially I mean, there's I mean, people have their problems with. uh the newest movies but i mean the minute when han solo spoiler alert um gets killed i mean you can like feel the emotion from this big dude in a furry costume i mean you, you can like feel him like basically scream out in agony and it's just it's they're two of the best characters as far as just characters that created had nothing but also just the relationship i thought was it's kind of iconic that's fair uh a
0: thoughts on han and should
1: uh yes, this is this is a great relationship in the Star Wars franchise. I think that I probably would have. There's other character dynamics that I personally like more uh, within the world of Star Wars, but I think this is this is probably one of the most uh, heartfelt ones that often gets overlooked in Star Wars. I think um, that it's their relationship is a lot of like quick moments in different scenes between action moments and maybe even in the background of the overarching story but like yeah in the force awakens when han solo dies yeah chewbacca's chewbacca's moment is one of the best moments in that entire film uh because of this relationship that they've had in the background of star wars for the whole franchise at that point so that's a great choice
0: That's sure uh yeah i i like Han and chewie Probably, I as everyone knows, I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan, but this this is a good dynamic. I mean, who doesn't like Han and Chewie together? Han is probably the best Star Wars character in my opinion. I I think his arc is maybe the best throughout the movies, uh, and to Chewbacca's cool. Payson,
2: uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, these two are about as inseparable as they come. They're some of the best characters in the series. Um, Han just this wisecracking, good for nothing guy, just teaming up with this loyal sweet like hairy guy um two things come to mind that han solo and chewbacca and andrew james bar and kirk Holkowski, i think you could also like <laughs> compare to that but yeah I, uh,
1: that's so a, weird movie. i don't like that
2: it, 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 can't deny it but yeah this is this is a great pick um uh, two you can. characters
0: chance save us
4: yeah uh <laughs> i mean yeah everyone knows me. i'm a huge Star Wars fan and han and jewry like that's this is like the coolest version of a boy and his dog ever put to screen. <laughs> the, the fact that they have so much chemistry and they have like so like such a deep history, such like a you buy into, like the fact that one got one and half of it never speaks. I think this says a lot to both the acting of Ford and just the uh, you know the directing and writing on those two characters. I think they're excellent. They're yeah, I mean they're 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 Han and Chewy. They're they're an icon at this point.
2: That's totally fair. Okay. Uh, uh, or do, do we have to list the movie that we're going to, that we're using to represent these? No. Or, if you uh, want wireless, yeah, okay, okay.
0: that's the thing. Like, we, if you bad. wanted are my movie, wrong my wrong movie to... was
1: Mr. Smith Goes to Washington.
0: Sounds well, good. you didn't have. I mean, you can use it for the whole. You basically you can represent it as the whole duo, or if you want just one movie to represent whatever you. Yeah, want. I'm using the
3: Star Wars yeah. Holiday Special. There you go.
2: Yeah. Nice. Like, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, now we we'll, are headset for a second.
0: Now we'll go <laughs> to Chance
4: chance, what is your picture from this? Yeah, so when I first heard the topic, there was uh, one dude that immediately popped to mind for me, and that's uh, Riggs and Murtaugh, Luther Weapon. I think that Luther Weapon, as a set of film, I think is excellent, and the main reason is because of these two guys. I think uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, Riggs and Murtaugh, uh, they inject humor, heart, and just inherent relatability into literally anything they do. And it really shows that I mean, of course, you had Shane Black writing the first one. That's why yeah, everything they have to say is so great. The chemistry is fantastic, and that's why every, all the dialogue is on point. But I think that you really see how strong those characters are, and how strong that friendship is when he stops writing these movies. The fact that they that they're able to carry the success of the, of the first film and carry the you know, the enjoyment, the entertainment, despite the fact that arguably the memory of the success of the first film left, I think is a testament to. Uh, to like like what strong characters these are. I think these are the perfect archetype for buddy cops. Uh, they're hilarious. I could watch these guys do just about anything. And yes, the irony of Mel Gibson's cinema Best Friend being black is not lost on me. Hey, uh That's a
0: good one. I know, good. haven't seen the first Lethal Weapon film. I haven't seen any of the sequels. Which- how like do you like the first?
4: What? I would you like the first?
0: I, oh, I'm getting that. I really like the first, and I don't know why I haven't gotten any of the sequels because I really enjoyed the first one and the dynamic between the two. Uh, I kind of expected a generic action movie, but I really dug the first Lethal Weapon. So I've been meaning to see Lethal Weapon two and three. I've heard four is bad, but I've been meaning to see the two and three at the very least, especially two because I like Joe Pesci and I'm excited to see him in these movies. Uh, but yeah, uh. I I'm interested in uh, seeing the sequels, but in terms of the first one, that diameter is just flawless. It's they, they work off each other really well. Pinson thoughts on her,
2: such a great choice. Um, I've seen the first two and specifically that first one really is one of the great action movies. And I think it's carried a by Shane Black's incredible script and B by the chemistry of Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Um, just the combination of Riggs just being just this insane, loose cannon. And, like, the way Gibson plays him, you're like, oh, shit, is, is this guy really crazy? And you're done <laughs> we learned. Oh, shit, maybe he And the answer is yes. Yes, yes. And then just Danny Glover totally just being, like, so done with everything. And just, like, why am I still here? And, like, I know one day I'm going to hit that point. And it's going to be funny. Uh, yeah, Shane Black, I think, is, like... I usually don't view him as this, but he's got to be one of my favorite screenwriters, and this is one of the reasons why he. Th- this movie is incredible. Um, probably my favorite of the nineteen eighty-seven Shane Black written movies. Uh, but yeah, I, I, great pick. That's totally fair.
0: Okay, uh, Brian, thoughts on Riggs and Murtaugh?
3: Uh, this was actually one of my possibilities for another one I was going to pick for myself. Because um, yeah, they, they, when you when you first. Gave, me, gave the topic uh i've I, my mind went to characters probably because you had uh which and sundance up there but uh, one of the first things i thought of was also riggs murtaugh i mean there some people there's some places i'll tell you a freebie in the bean with james khan is the first buddy cop movie some people say it's nighthawks but really as far as the modern what buddy cop movies are it started with lethal weapon they kind of set the set the you know what everything else is compared to um, they set the tone for that. And and it just plays so perfectly. They they interact so well with each other. Um, and and you really you can feel, you know, almost like a family connection. They're like brothers in there, but there's also, you know, a lot of you know bickering and action and stuff like that. And they are great picks, great picks. Absolutely. Cole, have you seen
0: like
1: um I have seen them a long time ago. These are some of my dad's favorite movies. Uh so it's been a minute. Uh, but I remember from what I can remember, uh, I I would say this is a decent pick.
0: That's totally fair. Okay. Uh, so now uh, that's everyone on our in time, right?
2: Oh, yeah. can, I, can I just say one thing? Sure. Uh, the first Lethal Weapon is a classic example of my dad thinking, yeah, you're old enough to watch this movie. Turns Same. On, and like 15 minutes in, he's like, we're not watching this.
3: We're not watching this. Well, opening scene is a topless girl jumping off a building.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he said, we're not watching this. We're not watching
3: this. <laughs> I made a huge mistake.
0: <laughs> All right, you're the uh, best dad ever. <laughs> So, Payson uh, round us out for the the your first pick.
2: I want to do an actor director one. And yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Scorsese and De Niro. Uh, I
0: was writing down a different actor director pairing because I thought you would pick That's fair.
2: That's fair. I, I thought
1: anyway. he was going there too.
2: There, there there, were a couple that went, but this is probably my favorite, like, single director, single actor, making the best amount of movies that I truly love. Um, these were two people who, in the early 70s, they w- were working in their respective crafts, and they came together, and they just made gold in pretty much everything they did, uh, whether it was Taxi Driver, whether it was Mean Streets, whether it was uh, New York, New York, which, is, which isn't as good as the others, um, or whether it was Raging Bull. Scorsese always seemed to know exactly how to use de niro and how to um use him at his best uh i think my personal favorite like Goodfellas, is definitely my favorite movie of the two that they were both in but if i to me the best performance that de niro has ever given has got to be in the king of comedy um, i think the character of rupert pumpkin of uh, rupert pumpkin is so incredible and just the way how scorsese just completely gets the darkness and the comedic effect out of de niro at such an early stage in his career is perfection. Um, Even in a movie that I don't like absolutely love, like Cape Fear, um, De Niro is still just horrifying in that movie, just horrifying. And obviously we've seen this partnership work as well as two years ago with The Irishman, which is a movie that I think is climbing its way to being one of my favorite Scorsese movies. But yeah, I think the Scorsese-De Niro partnership is my favorite director actor partnership
0: that has ever existed. That's fair. Uh yeah, Scorsese De Niro, this is this is tops for the reason. Yeah. Like Taxi Driver, Cape Fear, Good Fellows you mentioned them all. I, I'm with you. I think De Niro's best performance of all time is
2: King of so Comedy. It, I, it used to be Raging Bull. It used to be Raging Bull, but King of Comedy
0: I just think is he just hits every beat perfectly in King of Comedy, but Raging Bull is a completely fair pick. He's incredible. De Niro is just like top two actors for me to be honest like he's he's fantastic uh yeah just just about every time he works with firstacie it's it's gold uh the irishman i i really liked uh, the more i watched it uh, i think uh, which you know for f- the fact that I've been going back to a four hour movie multiple times is. Yes, okay that, that uh, movie uh, is. Uh, but yeah uh, I really liked uh, The Irishman I, I like just about everything they've done together that I've seen uh, Chance, thoughts on Scorsese and Bobby D Robert
4: De Niro is an excellent actor Like he's definitely one of the best in his generation one of the best working right now you has been a lot of performances over the years but that being said I don't think any director gets him as well as Martin Scorsese there's just something about the I'm not sure what it is, but there's something about Mark, like Mark Richardson, like you know I know exactly what to tell this dude to bring out the best possible in Niro. Yeah, my my personal favorite is um Raging Bull. I respect the King Kanye pick. I think he's I think he's fantastic in that film. But For me, it's always gonna be Raging Bull. Like, I always love this uh, the the physical commitment he made to that movie back where Like he was you know got, got into shape, took a year off, got really heavy, <laughs> and to, just to do the final the final act of that movie. And then we're talking shit to Sugar Ray. I'm just like yeah, like you're. That you are one of this is one of the best moments I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, no, this is the, you could have picked one of two Scorsese team ups, and I'm I'm happy you picked the right one. As,
2: as, as much as I do love Scorsese and DiCaprio, this is the correct choice. This is the one you can't deny
0: that. Yeah, uh, Brian, I don't think you're a big Scorsese guy, but I might be wrong.
3: I, I'm not, and probably my taste would skew more towards the Scorsese uh, DiCaprio ones. Uh, the ones with him and De Niro are are they fall into that category of movies that. I don't really, they're not my tastes, but I respect them for what they are. Um, it's just, you know, it's kind of like the Godfather movies. It's uh, Mob and Mafia movies are not my thing, but I totally respect them as filmmaking and the people that love them great. But yeah, so, so Scorsese and De Niro, it, it does not surprise me that it would come up on somebody's list, and I get it, but just not my tastes.
1: Okay, cool. This is one I consider bringing up. Um, I think that this is the better of the two pairings for me. Um, I think that, yeah, like when I watch De Niro outside of Scorsese movies, I don't typically love him as much as I love him when he's in Scorsese movies. I think he's still like good, like Silver Linings Playbook is an example of like, you can still act when you're not with Scorsese, but I think Scorsese makes him the best that he can be in every performance. That's where all of his best work lies. If you were to make a top 10 De Niro performances list, at least seven or eight of them would be in Scorsese films. Um, the Irishman is probably the one that I would have. I mean King of Comedy is the right choice for a De Niro performance, but I think the collaboration between the two, I probably would have picked the Irishman. I think that the marriage of De Niro's really great, subtle work with with uh Scorsese's uh with Scorsese's sort of um classical traditional mob sensibilities kind of being honed to a perfect like to perfect age, I think make for a really good movie. So
3: yeah. I never really passed the first hour of Irishman you, you got to get past the first hour. That's when Pacino gets in, baby. Pachito's so good. Right, when I looked and saw I'm like, oh, there's so much time left. Screw this. I'm done. Could
2: I ask, wow. how pretentious would I have been if I said Martin Scorsese and Thelma Scootmaker?
3: Because oh, I Schumacher? I mean, yeah. I mean, you off one.
1: Schumacher. That would have been a scoot-maker. correct choice uh, because okay. she's she's one of the greatest film editors of all time. Oh, yeah.
0: Nice. <laughs> so now we're going to my second pick. Uh, and I'm going with a character duo. Timbercala is not here tonight. And I originally did not have this pick on my short list because I assumed Timbercala would pick this. But he's not here. This is a great duo. I'm going with Michael and Sully. Yeah.
3: So basically, animated odd couple. Gotcha. Yes! <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Mike and Sully are just. This is just one of my favorite dynamics in movies. Uh, I, I do love the Odd Couple dynamic, but like I think with this one, because you already have them friends at the start, you get more of like how they actually work together. Like having them be friends and working together for most of the movie, I think makes them a better duo than some of these. Where it's like, you know, like your your planes, trains, and automobiles, or your midnight runs, where they spend half the movie at each other's throats, you know. Not those movies are obviously great, but like I think just seeing this dynamic work together just makes it a little bit more fun. Even though obviously there are times where Mike and Sully are mad in this movie, but John Goodman and Sully is just. You know, friendly, you know, just he has all this warmth while also the intensity of being the best chair. And Billy Crystal's mic, I just think, is one of the funniest animated performances of this side of Robin Williams. Uh, I think Billy Crystal just kills it in every moment. Using spoons, we dig a tunnel out of the cl- just a great, just a, so many great little one layers and moments out of our hair. Just I, I love this movie and I love these characters. Leave the puce, leave the
1: puce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just an excellent film, uh, and I, I, I love the the dynamic between Mike and Sully. Coho, uh, kind of thoughts on Mike and Sully?
1: Great choice. Um, I think of all the Pixar duos, this is top tier. Uh top three easily of the Pixar duos I think um, I think the, their dynamic in Monsters Inc is great I also really love their dynamic in Monsters University when they're starting to figure out that dynamic I think it's equally entertaining and fun to watch um, I think that Billy Crystal and John Goodman inject so much life using like just like they, I think their vocal performances for these characters are two of the best in animation I think that they do such a great job of injecting so much personality and life into these two animated characters um, phenomenal choice
3: Absolutely, Brian. Fine. Um, it's a you know not my favorite Pixar movie. I don't dislike it by any means, but uh, I I I enjoy it. Um, I have no strong feelings either way on that though. fair. Chance.
4: Yeah, uh, this is this is a great pick. I pretty people come, come from you, guys know how much you love Monsters Inc. Uh, not my favorite Pixar duo. They were like top three, and my favorite is pretty obvious. You know me, um, but. Yeah, no. This is a. This is all. Pick Mike and Sully are fantastic. It
2: together. Heyson. Oh yeah, this is an excellent uh, choice. Um, I think uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman add a lot of life to these characters. I think as I've gotten older, Mike uh, Mike Wazowski is maybe one of my favorite and more relatable Pixar characters, like ever. Just like this nervous guy that just doesn't that just is just trying so hard to keep everything together. And I still think one of the funniest ongoing jokes is him always being covered on every single publicity thing. I think it's a very like I'm
0: <laughs> on the cover <laughs> of a magazine.
2: And the way how like Disney Plus puts the recommended things, and it's still um still covering him. Yeah, no, I, this is this is an excellent pick.
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, Uh, Coho. Uh, wait, has everyone talked about Mike and Sully?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. So, uh your second pick. So uh, I messaged Boatman before we started to find what film duos means and he was like, basically anything you want. Um, and I asked if that extended to behind the camera collaborations. Um, so I went with uh, a I did one where it's emerging. Uh, I'm going to do one that's behind and one that's entirely in the front. Uh, I chose Steven Spielberg and John Williams. I think that Steven Spielberg what, sorry?
0: Only get two picks.
1: Oh well shit. Uh never mind. Then I'm gonna throw out Stevie Spielberg and John Williams. Uh because I just you know, that's a great choice. Uh right, yeah, cool. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the coho pick though. Uh my coho pick is to take my favorite character relationship, um, in my favorite film franchise, uh, between two characters, and that is from the Pirates of the Caribbean. That is Captain Jack Sparrow and Josh and Me Gibbs. Um, I think that Gibbs and Jack have one of the best relationships. Uh, that I've seen on film, just like in friendship. I think that they, I think they have this great dynamic of Jack is, is such a fearless sort of leader for them. And that Gibbs sees uh, you just did. That's absolutely correct. Um, but anyway, uh, I think it's, I think that their dynamic is so good. The way that Gibbs just is like, so devoted to his captain in this way of like, it's his friend. Like, and he, and he values him so deeply and that relationship that they have uh, as, as captain, first mate, it goes so much deeper than the films even really, like, care to put in the forefront of it. Um, down to just the first person Jack goes to when he needs a crew is he goes to Gibbs. The first person who stands up when Jack is de- dead and they need a crew to go back to get him is Gibbs. Like, they are – they have this, this, like, this deep connection – in each film to the point where on Stranger Tides, the only person they brought back was Gibbs. Like Gibbs is so important to Jack in sort of just making Jack as a character, who he is as this sort of like likable Gibbs is the humanity that Jack needs to remind that he's a great man and a good man. And Gibbs uh, and Gibbs is, is, is maybe my favorite supporting character in all Pirates of the Caribbean. I think he is a character that doesn't get a lot of love or shine um, in terms of just like, he's, I I can't really put into words how much I love Gibbs. I just kind of realized it. He's just, he's like so great with Jack and their back and forth and their banter down to just the take what you can, give nothing back. I think that is the best back and forth that they have. And it's just, it says everything in just that one exchange.
0: So I think I've told Coho this before, but my first Pirates of the Caribbean movie I ever watched was on Stranger Tides. Gross. Oh, Jesus. And Mm. I was 11. And that I kind of like it. And the two characters I liked most in the movie were Jack Sparrow. Oh, and, we lost him. Uh, Gibbs is great. Sorry, what did you say, Chance?
4: No, we, we lost you for a sec. You,
0: oh, okay. Anyway, uh, the two characters I liked most from that movie were Jack Sparrow and Gibbs. And Gibbs has just become one of my favorite, maybe my favorite side character in that entire series. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a really good pick. Payson, I'm going to go to you because I want to take Brian to the end because he's the only other person who loves the Pirates movies. Yeah, Brian was the
1: only other person I thought might back me up on this. No, I mean,
2: I'm just shocked that, like, if we're going to go with like a duo from the Pirates movies, why are we going to go with. If from *On Stranger Tides*, the one British soldier and who ends up fucking the mermaid. Like, you mean the
1: missionary? He's not a soldier. Yeah, a missionary that ends up
3: fucking. You know that? You know <laughs>
1: that's fucking. Uh, what's his name from *Catching Sam Fire*? Claflin. Right. Yes.
3: That's Sam Claflin. *Catching
1: oh, Fire*. Nice. Yeah. Okay, but,
3: uh, <laughs> and of yeah. all the pirates, yeah. films, you're just not gonna pick yeah. something yeah. from that movie. Yeah.
2: So. Understandable. Uh, but yeah, sarcasm aside, uh, this is a great pick. Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, I think, is honestly one of the best characters of the 21st century. Not to inflate Coho's ego that much. Um, but yeah, uh, and Gibbs is always like, I, I think as I've gotten older and I've grown to appreciate the side characters more, I think Gibbs and Barbosa are definitely my favorite side characters in the entire series. Um, but yeah, great pick,
0: yeah. Uh, Chance, this
4: is an on brand pick for Coho. Um, if I was gonna pick a deal from the Pirates, France, the Pirates, franchise I'd probably pick. Uh, Jack and Barbosa. I think that I think Barbosa my favorite side character. That whole thing. I think that there's something about Jeffrey Rush as a pirate that just great. works really well. Great. I, I think he's always a delight to see in these movies. And yeah, like him and Jack together, even if the movie's bad, chances are they're fun to watch. But yeah, uh, Gibbs. Yeah, I get it. He's Jack's side man. He's always the dude who's got his back. So I get I get why you took
3: Gibbs. Uh, Brian. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say that if I hadn't already used Star Wars, because I wanted, didn't want to have the same area, I was also considering Steven Spielberg and John Williams. So mm-hmm. they both get a half a vote from each of us.
1: See, I thought I um, thought we had three, because last time I was on there was three. I was going to do the I thing. Think I it in, I that, the panel, two of the panels, there's three,
0: but we got a full panel. so
3: everyone yeah. Two. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, obviously I love the Pirates movies, um, and that's a great relationship. Uh, of all the relationships and duos, I'm not sure that would be the first one I would go for. But, again, it's it's how you're defining duo. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Jack and Barbosa are, you know, a, a great pair. But are, are they a duo? Because half the time they're enemies. And that, I don't know. But it's just a matter of how you decide to define it. And as far as two guys who are, you know, together, who are allies at the end, uh, you can't go wrong with Jack and, and Josh and me there. It's a great, great relationship. That's Take perfect. what you can, give nothing back. <laughs>
1: All
0: right. Uh, so, Brian, we're going to stick with you.
3: Uh, um yeah, i'm gonna go with an actor director combo um and it's not anything you would guess from me but it, there, there's certain with a lot of directors there's like a certain actor who seems to get them who seems to be able to like deliver their their movies their performances their dialogue perfectly um just as an example this is not my pick but like kevin smith movies a lot of people who just sound like they're reciting this odd dialogue of a script but somebody like you know jason lee kind of has the right tone where he gets what kevin is going for um i think the same is true with quentin tarantino and samuel l jackson um because i mean i like uh, tarantino makes great movies. but everything from from you know even back when he was just writing on like true romance all the way through to like his, his newest movie samuel l. jackson's been involved in so many of them and every time, you know, in all of his movies, again, there are certain characters, certain actors who, I mean, as good as, good as the movies are, they sound like they're reciting this heightened dialogue that Tarantino has written. Samuel L. Jackson makes everything sound completely natural. He creates these characters. He, he gets what, what uh, Tarantino's going for, and he just uh, is able to really embody those characters uh, that, that Quentin writes for him. And every time, whatever you think of the different movies, his performance from the smallest cameo to the biggest role is knocks it out of the park.
0: That's fair. Uh, yeah, I I do really like yeah, a lot of TV movies and Samuel L. Jackson has some of the best performances. Obviously, Jules Pulp Fiction, great. I'm a Jackie Brown defender, and I think his performance as Odell and Jackie Brown is really underrated. Just kind of this... Yeah, like seeing Samuel Jackson kind of play borderline unstable, at least from the end, and like he, the way his dynamic between uh him and uh, De Niro. I love that you shot Melanie scene is just one of the most like funny, tense scenes in a movie. Uh and he's great in that he's great in Django. Um I I, I like uh Samuel Jackson and they just about his return to movie uh great and great and hatefully.
2: Uh, Payson Yeah, uh, you mentioned it uh, You say you're a Jackie Brown defender I'm a hateful eight defender I love that movie so, so much And I think Sam Jackson, aside from Jules That is his best character as Major Marquis Warren Um you know, you're Brian is totally right Of all the actors, I think Jackson gets his Tarantino's dialogue the most And just knows the amount of energy that you need to make it work Um yeah, from whether it's Rufus and Kill Bill Volume Two, whether it's Steven and Django Unchained, I think I, I I I can tell you something about every single Jackson character in all of Tarantino's movies. And yeah, this is one of the better um, actor director pairings. And yeah, great pick.
0: Uh, chance.
4: Yeah, this would have been my next pick if uh, Brian didn't take it. But yeah, I think that <laughs> I when you that. look at,
3: well, we'll switch. Uh, you can have that. I'll take Riggs and Murtaugh. There we're good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> trade, trade complete, and I get a first round pick next year. Uh but no, uh I think that it's interesting as we do it came together because it, it initially Samuel Jackson auditioned for Jeff for um Reservoir Dogs. He didn't get it. But then like Tarantino decided to write his a character's next film, specifically for him, that's how he got Jules Winfield. Um and yet you can see that once he hit the once he hit a Tarantino movie, like the all be, all bets were off. This was going to be like his dude because yeah, like it kind of like what's Chris De Niro. Nobody gets Samuel L. Jackson like Tarantino, and same thing. Other way, nobody gets Tarantino dialogues like Sam Jackson. It's a very um, it, it, it relationship both works both ways, and I really do hope that if this next movie is his last, Samuel L. Jackson at least gets to lead it because he should. He, I think he's earned it.
0: Agreed.
1: Cover. Uh, I love the Hateful Eight and his performance in the Hateful Eight. Uh, I think that's the one where he gets the chance to really lead a Tarantino movie and he kills it. Um, I think that is my favorite non Pulp Fiction performance he's given in the Tarantino uh, canon. Um, but I think he, I think he's a perfect fit for Tarantino. There's a reason why he keeps bringing him back, even in really small parts, like just in Inglorious Bastards to read a voiceover. Like, yeah, I think, I think he just he fits so well that Tarantino just knows he can call his number and he'll always deliver a uh, great choice, one I considered. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so now we go to chance.
4: I'm stuck between a character duo and an actor. director, and I'm going to actor-director duo because I just did a character duo already. And this is one that's relatively new. It's one that's still going right now. Uh, they haven't made a lot of movies together, but I do think we're going to look back at these two and think like this is one, going to be one of the great dynamics in Hollywood, at least of our, of our generation. Going Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, I think that it's a it's a it's a young combo. They've only made three movies together. Made, Coogler's only made three movies, but Michael B. Jordan's been in every single one. And I do credit a lot of Michael B. Jordan's like star elevation to Coogler because he plucked him off a TV, put him in Fruitvale Station, was like, oh no, this dude is. Excellent. And then we saw what we do with Creed. He's great. We did Black Panther. He's fantastic. Like these two, these two guys, they just they, they mesh. And I, I, I mean, what saying, I do think like we're gonna look back and see this one of the great director actor combos because I I do believe like he make movies together. And I'm willing to like call my shot right now. I think, like eventually, you will see them make like a really like great drama. Kuro is gonna win best director, and Droy gonna win best actor for it. I I'm that confident that these guys are going to be a staple in Hollywood in the future. That is totally yeah, fair. As as stands right now, these uh, three movies all all knockouts in my book.
0: That is totally fair. Uh, I haven't seen Fruitvale Station yet, uh, but I, I liked Creed, and I really liked uh, uh, Jordan and uh, Black Panther. So I'm excited to see uh, more of them together. Please.
2: No, uh, I shamefully have not seen Fruitvale Station either yet. I, I hear it's excellent, but um, Black Panther is incredible. And Creed, I mean... Creed is one of the best movies that is like better than it has any right to be. Um, Just in terms of like a sequel that came out like years after the original. I think of the three that came out in 2015, I think it's my second favorite. Um, But no, I I think this pairing, I hope they keep acting and directing for as long as they can. I think Kugler totally does bring out Jordan's best performances. And yeah, I I think this is a great thing.
3: Uh, Brian? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, like you said, it's kind of a newer pair, but it's like you can kind of tell right from the start that they're going to have like a long relationship and they're you know, going to work together because from the very start, they work together so well, uh, kind of like these other ones we talked about. They they kind of get what you, each other are going for and they're able to bring the best out of out of as an actor and as a director. Um, what they've made so far has been great and I see nothing but, you know, more successful in the future.
1: That's fair. Ako yeah, this is a phenomenal duo. Or a phenomenal duo with a trio of films that I think are really good. Um, I think that Creed is my is my favorite one. Um, I think that their work in Creed is brilliant, um, and I I am really bummed that he didn't survive the events of Black Panther because uh, I think that he is a character that is so great that Jordan just portrays really well. Even on the What If show, he just he comes back and brings that character back so well. I think that he's. He understands Kugler's vision in every film and just always delivers. I think that also just their dynamic as just real-life friends has also led to just I think Creed 3 is going to rock with Michael B. Jordan directing it because I think he learned I think he learned everything he needed to know by watching Ryan Kugler work and I think that those two have such a great uh, a great back and forth uh, in their work uh, that I can't wait to see what they do next.
0: That is totally fair. Uh, So uh, that's everyone on
2: kugler and Jordan, right? Yes.
0: Okay, so Payson, take us home.
2: Yeah, um this is about as easy as a final pick that I think I could make. I'm going with two brothers uh, it, it is a directing duo, if you will. There you go. It is two there brothers you. from Minnesota. They are my personal favorite directors. I am going with Joel and Ethan Cohen, aka the Cohen brothers. Uh not Ethan Cohen, the writer of Garfield. I'm going with the Cohen brothers. Um Eaton Cohen was not the writer of Garfield. Joel Cohen. Joel Cohen. Oh, Agent Cohen wrote um, Holmes and Watson. Watson. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. A lot of confusing stuff in Hollywood. Those <laughs> two uh, should
3: make movies together. Just they, they should. The other Cohens.
2: Call themselves the Cohen acquaintances. Co- <laughs> Just the
4: The Cohen. The Cohen homies.
2: I. It's either 17 Old or 18 movies. movies. I, I forget the, the exact number. 18. Uh, 18 movies. There are only two that I don't like. Seven of them I unabashedly love, and the majority of them I really like. Uh, the tone of all of these movies are some of my favorite, like, just tones in, in movie history. I think the characters that they have created, whether it's Marge Gunderson, whether it's um i i know they didn't create him but whether it's anton sugar whether it's the dude whether it's um hi mcdonough there are so many excellent characters whether it's lillian davis um uh just partnering with roger deacons to create some of the most beautiful shots i think in movie history just the dialogue in all of their movies i think is incredible i think the one that i would choose to represent it while fargo is my personal favorite uh i think a serious man is one of the great like Nihilistic films in just in the past like 30 years of just saying we are fucked, but there's really nothing we can do about it. And I think, once again, I think Larry Gopnik is one of the great characters. Um, oh, I just everything about these movies, I think the just their entire like filmography as in general, I think just complements itself really well from like the comedic tones of Raising Arizona to the dramatic stuff of the man who wasn't there just they're my favorite directors for a reason um we'll see when the tragedy of Macbeth happens how much one Cohen lend lended talent to the other but yeah this is an easy final pick for me
0: yeah I love the Cohen brothers uh, a lot of great films in there I won't talk too long in this because I don't think there's too much I can say of the insider difference I just. Oh, brother, Art, that was my favorite. I so, mean, I just think that's one of just the most brilliant. If we if we did movie trios, uh, those characters really. The Coen brothers have a lot of good trios, actually, because you got the the, and you got the dude Donnie and the, Walter. the
4: dude Donnie and Walter. <laughs>
0: yeah, Walter. you got a lot of great trios. But yeah, uh, I digress. This is just one of the great director pairings of all time. I'm interested to see what Joel Cohen does without Ethan with the tragedy Macbeth. Uh, Coho, you hate these two guys, right?
1: Oh, I hate them. They make me so frustrated to be a Minnesotan. Uh, no, they are, they are my favorite directors as well. Uh, I, um, I love their entire filmography. The two movies that I even don't really like, I don't think are bad movies. I just don't enjoy them. Um, I think that they have probably the most talented network of people that they can call upon at any moment uh, between it being actors like John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Francis McDormand, John Turturro, George Clooney, who they work with over and over, who always turn in some of their best performances of their career with them. Or if it's just Bruno Del Bono or, or Roger Deakins behind the camera, Carter Burwell and Tebow Burnett on the music, um, they are... Of course, Broderick James, who edits all their movies, uh, but I think that they, um, I think that they just have the most skilled network of people that work with them, and these two guys at the helm have made some of the greatest films of all time. Um, I love Fargo; that's going to be my favorite Coen Brother movie for probably forever. Um, I'm very interested in the tragedy of Macbeth. Like you said, if Joel can make a movie that is great on his own, was Ethan really that much of a help? Uh, does the tone it's, really the, hard you. Hard <laughs> <you>. <laughs> No, that's, that's a point I, I agree, but that was a point that Cody brought up that totally I, freaked I'm me out. For the opposite. I was going more for the opposite. That too. Yeah. That too. Or like what or is Ethan so much of an influence on Joel that without yeah. Ethan that it loses everything that makes a Cohen Brother movie? Like I, I'm very interested to see it, or maybe it's just as good and it doesn't really matter which brother's behind the camera. But I think that they are the best directors working in Hollywood today, and they have made 18 movies that I think any director would be jealous uh, to have in their philography.
2: They all have substance. They, they all have substance. Like they all have something that I appreciate.
0: Brian, exactly. I feel like you're not a Coen brothers fan, but I don't know that for a fact.
3: There are some um, you likes, I think. There's very few of theirs that I dislike. Okay. Um, I do tend to gravitate more towards their comedies. Um, you know, big Lebowski, your brother, where raise in Arizona, even Hudsucker proxy. I'm actually a fan of, I like that one a lot. Um, so I mean, but there are dramas I like as well. A Blood Simple being the one that jumps to mind uh, that I just watched recently for the first time this past year, and I really like, enjoyed that one. Um, but even the movies of theirs that I don't like as much, it, it, like I mean, I'm just repeating what you guys have already said, but you can really just feel that you, there's a certain feel to a Coen Brothers movie, and it's because they use a lot of the same people doing the, doing the music, and they reuse a lot of the same actors, and it's it's just has that Coen Brothers feel to it, and I really, uh, for the most part, enjoy their films.
0: That's totally fair. Okay, well, uh, that does round out the main portion of the show. Wait, oh, Chance hasn't said yeah, anything. Am I going to talk? Okay, cool. Sorry, no, that's my best. <laughs> Go ahead, chance.
4: No, that's cool. But yeah, no, no, think about is my favorite comedy of all time. I love the Coen Brothers. Uh, there's some that I like less than that. Uh, there's a couple that I don't like. Probably the same two that everybody else doesn't like. Um, but no, yeah, I think that yeah, I, I think that these are two dudes to just, they they it's it's kind of like you know watching like a Wes Anderson or, P- or Paul Thomas Anderson movie. They just have like their own style that like you can instantly identify. Like, and it doesn't matter like who you are if you see a mo- if you see the movie. Like, yeah, but it, these guys probably made this too, and yeah. I, and speaking of, like man, I know Joe Coen doing his own thing. I would love to see Ethan Coen. His own I think he's
1: doing a Broadway show, actually. Yeah, Is he? Yeah, I, I would. I would love to
4: see what he like. I would love for them to, like venture off and try things by themselves before they inevitably come back together and make another oh, movie. Yeah. But yeah, the no, Coen brothers I, excellent directors.
1: Probably the white ze- the zebra white Hearst, probably finally.
0: It would be very cool to just see them make their own thing, and, like kind of have a competition, of, like who does it better on their yeah. own. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah. Ethan uh, wins a Tony, Joel wins an Oscar. It's officially just a mute point.
0: <laughs> so uh, that does end me the potatoes of the show. Uh, but we have one more thing we've got to talk about, the movie of the month. I know we had some people who basically didn't know they were going to be on the show until today. So if you didn't call, I don't think you saw that. In- Ryan? Have you seen Invasion of the Body Snatcher seventy eight within the last? So I was going to ask.
3: I wasn't even sure which one won. Um, I, I again, I think it's one I've probably caught bits and pieces of on TV over the years, but I've never seen the whole movie.
0: That's fair. One chance. I looked on Letterboxd, and it says you watched this movie like within the last month.
3: I did. I I, I didn't know this movie in the movie The Mud. I just I just watched
4: it on a whim.
0: Hey, yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, thoughts on uh, Invasion of the Body Snatcher?
4: I've never, seen it. I've never seen it in full time. I knew the ending because it had been, like, parodied and memes so much. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that movie is fantastic. I love the, the luck of the atmosphere. Like, the paranoia is fantastic. Don Sutherland's great in it. Leonard Nimoy is kind of terrifying. <laughs> like, more terrifying <laughs> than you'd think a guy who was Spock for, like, 30 years could be in a movie. And, yeah, I think that... There's a reason this became like a pinnacle of sci-fi filmmaking, especially in, in that era. Yeah, uh, def- definitely really, really solid film. Yeah, uh,
0: If you watched last week, you know, I didn't actually get to this one last week because uh, we kind of had the movie the month. Uh, our show was early in the month last time. Uh, but I really dug this movie. I watched it today and I was really impressed. It's, it's a horror movie and it's a sci-fi movie, but I think the true genre that this is is a thriller. Like this feels like the classic, like '70s paranoia thrillers. That the '70s do really well. On uh, all the actors, just sell it. I could watch a full two-hour movie of just Donald Sutherland and Jeff Goldblum interrupting each other. Like <laughs> the the their dynamic really works for this movie. But then, this movie really makes you feel so tense because like. There's nothing really, like, there's no big jump scares or anything really that grisly. It's just a lot of who can you trust. A lot of just paranoia that just fills the screen. And those are my favorite types of, like, horror movies, the psychological horror movies. So, yeah, excellent film. Oh, Chance, what do you give it? this out of five stars? Uh,
4: I believe I gave it a four, but it could definitely go up on, on subsequent watches. Right,
2: right, four stars. I'm giving it four and a half. Pace it. No, um, I think something that I love about movies from the seventies that I think this one just enforced is just, you can feel you, you can hear and feel the location like so well. I think taxi driver does this as well with just hearing the car sirens in the back, just hearing just like doorbells ring. I I just love that feeling. Uh, yeah, the cast is great in this movie. I think Donald Sutherland has a really funny mustache that I kept (laughs) being like, oh, that's a funny mustache. Um, I know I'm usually not one to comment on a man's attractiveness. I don't think I've ever done that before in my life, but I think uh, Jeff Goldblum is such such a good-looking guy. Like like young Goldblum, I'm like, damn, there, I, I could. There not. There was
4: a time. That. There was a time where you could
2: not pay Goldblum to wear a shirt. No, no, that is, <laughs> yeah, and just I the atmosphere of this film. It's it's slow. It takes its time, but I think it's made all the well all the better for that because when it does have its moments, it it feels so much more effective and yeah i think most people know it maybe not the the context of the ending but at least the ending shot but knowing the context going in you're like oh that's what it is uh but yeah this is an this is a great movie i would probably give it four stars um yeah great film i'm, I'm happy this was this month's choice
3: apparently i was this long as having watched it in 2015 but i have no memory of this <laughs>
2: There's a great uh,
0: episode of community where there's a short little scene that parodies that, that ending shot and it's a very funny act. Anyway, uh, that does conclude our episode before we go. Next week, we've got uh, we've got sci-fi epics in honor of Dune. Week after that, we've got uh, movies that take more than one watch. So uh, if you want to be on either of those, be sure to let me or Timber Colin know. should be a lot of fun. Uh, but without further ado, thank you to Coho. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Chance. Thank you to Payson. This has been uh, I, what well, I thought it was a really fun episode. Thank you everyone for watching. It's been fly In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening.